0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. Hey, welcome to church this morning. My name is Pastor Phil, not Dr. Phil, Pastor Phil. And uh, I'm the lead pastor of Passion Life Church here in Marietta, California. And along with my wonderful wife, Valerie, we have the privilege of pastoring, I think, the greatest people in the Inland Valley Empire. And so we're just so glad that you're here, whether you're a regular here at church or just checking church out or somebody invited you here by accident. Hey, we're we're just really glad that that you came. Would you just turn to your neighbor real quick and say, I'm glad you're here. And at our church, we, we talk a lot. There's a lot of life, and, and so we may talk to our neighbor a little bit. So can I just encourage you, if you'll just smile, you know, your neighbor won't think you're weird, and uh, it, it'll be cool. And, and so we'll have, we'll have such a great time. And uh, I just want you to know we've been praying for you, and our team has been praying for you. And can I just, let's just give our team a great round of applause. You know, they were here at 7 o'clock this morning. And they set all this stuff up. You know, people tell me, I thought that was all the schools. No, we have a team that comes in, and they, they did a, a great, great job, and we thank them. We also have a team that's been praying, and we have just been praying for you. And I believe that God didn't want you to just attend today to hear about a resurrection. I really believe God had you attend today because he wants you to experience a resurrection in your life. Can I hear a good amen today? If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 24. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There's a big Bible on on the screen behind me. Also, you can always download our Passion Life Church app. There's a free Bible on there. It's pretty awesome. You can send us prayer requests. You can connect with us. It's Passion Life Church Marietta. You can download that wherever you like to download your stuff. And I have entitled today's message, Unexpected Resurrection. Unexpected Resurrection. And I'm so glad you're here today because I think that some of us may even realize or not even realize today that that we need a resurrection. And I know there's times in my life where I need to be revived. I need a a resurrection. And wherever you are in your life today, I I mean, there's more to life, I think, that even that we're currently experiencing. I think there's more. And as a matter of fact, I actually believe and think that there's a better view than the one that we all have right now. Anybody agree with that? And I say that because the Bible tells us that God wants us to go from strength to strength and glory to glory. Somebody say, that's growth. That's growth. Many people will want to grow in terms of being healthy in their physical body. It's, it's amazing. That's great. And yet they let their spiritual life just kind of whatever happens, happens. But God is, wants us to be intentional about our spiritual life growing. And that has been our theme this year at Passion Life Church is growth. Would you say that with me? Say grow. Because it's God's will that that we would grow. And when you're not growing, what's happening is that your relationship with God begins to die. And that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. He loves you today. As a matter of fact, we we love the cross equals love. A lot of people just look at the cross and believe that it's just a religious symbol or it's a symbol of judgment. But I came to tell you the cross is the greatest symbol of love because Jesus poured out his blood and his life on that cross. Anybody agree this morning that the cross (laughs) equals love? And so if you're not growing in your relationship with God, your relationship with God can be dying. And again, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. He loves you. But you know what I I have found is that anything that is not connected or disconnected doesn't work real well. And some of us are really or can be at times disconnected from the things of God. I don't know if you guys have ever had a brand new battery in your car and still the car won't start. And then you look and you realize that the cables are a little bit dirty and it's not making that right connection. Doesn't matter how powerful that battery is. If the connection is not made, it will not work. I don't know if you've ever had this happen. I've had this happen where you think you go to bed and you're charging your cell phone. You think because you really need it the next day. And then when you wake up the next day and you look at it and it's dead because it wasn't charging. Why? Because you thought the connection was there. But then when you looked at the cell phone, it wasn't really connected. And I don't know if you would agree with this, but I've just found that when things are not connected, they don't work properly. And when Jesus resurrected from the dead, it wasn't just so we could go, wow, that is awesome. Jesus didn't resurrect from the dead just so we could come and and just go to a service and say, you go, Jesus. That's awesome. Jesus rose from the dead to show us that God has power over death. And he wants his children to experience that power and to be connected to that power. I've entitled today, unexpected resurrection because the people in the passage that we're about to read, and I love the Bible because it's just real people. It's it's them acting human. And the people that we're about to read about, things weren't going the way that they thought that they should go. Anybody have that? Anybody find that funny about life that you think things are going to go, you kind of anticipate, maybe have some expectations that things are going to go a certain way and they don't go the way that you thought. Can, can I see your hand any, anybody, right? I love when parents meet me for the first time and they're introducing me to their kids and like, "Yeah, this is so and so. This is Ed, this is Eddie, and this is Eddie." And so, hey, you know what? We love these two, but that one wasn't planned. I'm like, don't say that in front of him, but there are things in life that you just don't plan for. You know, uh, two weeks ago, my father, who I love, almost turned 70, his birthday's next week, he passed away, two weeks ago, and he's a great man. He had a doctorate in theology and a pastor, and so he's rejoicing in heaven. Amen, that's awesome. But I didn't plan for that to happen. How many of you can never plan when somebody passes, but I'm like, Dad, we got an Easter service. There's a whole bunch, and so the last two weeks as we've been planning this and, and people coming, we've been planning a funeral in another state. How many of you know sometimes things just don't go the way you plan them to go? Anybody human in here? Or does any of those things happen to me? Because you're all looking at me like, like you're Snow White and I'm the devil or something. Come on, let me see your hands. How many of you? It, just life doesn't go as planned. And that's what happens in this story. These ladies are, are about to have, uh, they, these ladies we're about to read about had some different expectations on how they were going to, Things were going to turn out, but it didn't turn out that way. Now, I want you to know something about these ladies. These ladies had a relationship with Jesus. They loved Jesus. They followed Jesus. They knew that he had died. He died on the cross. And so, but I don't think their relationship with Jesus went the way that they expected. And Jesus died, and now it's Sunday morning, and they're going to the tomb. And let's pick it up in Luke chapter 24. Verse 1, have you found it? If you found it, say, I found it. Now, on the first day of the week, early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. How do you know there's not a grave powerful enough to keep our God in it? How many of you know that? And they found, yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. And they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch this, verse 4. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed. When I think about that, I have ADD, ADHD. I have a lot of stuff going on in my mind. Fios, Verizon, Wire. I have a whole bunch going on. As a matter of fact, when I went to the doctor and he told me that I have ADD, I wasn't paying attention. But anyway... When I read the Bible, I have all. And when when I read this, and it says that they were perplexed, that emoji came up in my mind. Has anybody ever send you this emoji? See if you know what it is. When when I make the face, how many of you seen that emoji? Anybody send that to you? When you send something and you think you're clear, and then they send that emoji back, can you see if you can do that? Go like this, and then just just go. Hmm. That's I, I thought when they got to the tomb. The Bible says that they were perplexed. And they got to the tomb not finding the the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when it happened, they were greatly perplexed about this. And behold, two men by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth. And they said, why do you seek the living among the dead? Well, that's pretty profound. Verse 6. He is not here, but he has risen. Remember. Everybody say Remember. That's going to be key in today's study. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they remembered. Hmm. They remembered his words. Then they returned to the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. And now here's a list of the ladies that went. It was Mary Magdalene, Jonah, and Mary, the mother of James, and the mother and other women who went with them, who told these things to the apostles. Bow your heads for just a moment. Lord, I just thank you that you are here with us. Your word says that wherever two or more gathered in your name, you are in the midst. Speak to us now, Lord, not just by your word, but by your spirit, and help me, Lord, articulate the truths, Lord, that you gave to me in my heart, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Come on, that wasn't everybody. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I think we can all in life have expectations of how life is going to be. I think that all of us, even in this room, have probably different expectations of Jesus and 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 what he is what he should be and these ladies love Jesus i mean they followed him but yet when it came to their miss when it came to their expectations of Jesus, I think they had some mix, misplaced expectations of him. Like many of us do, and I think we, we still do today. Some, some do. But their expectations was that Jesus was coming. And a lot of people believe this. When Jesus was walking on the earth, they believed that Jesus was coming to overthrow the government. He was coming to overthrow the government. And they didn't really know his mission, even though he was talking to them about it. He, they thought they, he was going to overthrow Caesar but then it baffled them when Jesus talked about taxes and they're like you know what give to Caesar what is Caesar and they're like what what do you mean I thought we were, you were going to overthrow the government Jesus I thought you were going to deliver us from our oppression now and it's funny because the ladies show up at the tomb the, the stone is rolled away and they go in there and there's nobody there there's nobody there And even though Jesus told them, like we read in verse 7, that he would be delivered into the hands of sinful men, crucified and raised on the third day. Now watch this. The ladies wake up in the morning and they get their spices and their essential oils. Come on, somebody. And they go over to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body, which was customary. And when they did that, they go into the tomb and they realize something. He is not there. He's not there. Now, I want to pause here for a moment. When we read the Bible, we know the story. So we know, oh, yeah, he's not there. Yeah, he's risen. But when you pause here for a moment and realize that they didn't know what was going on at the moment, they were perplexed. As a matter of fact, the word perplexed in the Greek, Greek is the, new, is the language of the New Testament. Perplexed means this, to be at an utter Loss. It means the root word of perplexed in the Greek means this, to be left wanting, to be embarrassed. Watch this, to be in doubt, not to know which way to turn. Let me say it this way. When they got to the tomb and when their expectation wasn't met because they thought that they were going to find a dead Jesus, when they got in there, they were perplexed. They even started to doubt. They didn't know which way to turn. Let me say it in pure English they were disappointed that they didn't find the body of Jesus. And can I just tell you that disappointment is always the result of unmet expectations. Disappointment is always the result of unmet expectations. And so, and here's my question today. Here's my question today. What do you do? And I want you to think about this. What do you do when what you expected to happen didn't happen? What do you do when you expected certain relationships to go certain way, and then you put all your eggs, no pun intended, in one basket, and it didn't turn out that way? What do you do? See, because I wonder today, I wonder that today, if I were to pass this microphone around, don't worry, I'm not gonna do it. I see some of you already sweating. But I wonder, if I were to pass this microphone around and I were to ask you, are you disappointed in something? Are you disappointed in someone today? I wonder how many of us have a deep sense of disappointment. It can be with God. It can be with people, and for us, even some of us that are married, we haven't shared that disappointment with our spouse or nobody, but I wonder how many of you here today, if we were to really ask, and I could pass this microphone around, you would say, I'm disappointed with this, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be very strategic with you today because I prayed about this message. And I felt like God wanted me to help you because I felt like there's a lot of people here that you have a deep sense of disappointment. And I'm gonna tell you why. Because there was some unmet expectations in your life. Whatever those expectations are, Whatever those expectations were, but disappointment is always the result of unmet expectations. Can I just tell you this is how this kind of plays out in real life, right? This is how it plays out in real life for single people, right? Any single people in the house? Come on, if you're single and ready to mingle, come on, lift up your hands just real quick. Come on, put your, come on, put your hands up, single people. Put your hands. Okay, all the single people, look around. I'm trying to hook you up. Come on, I'm trying to hook you up today. Come on, this is what you're working with. Come on, it's better to meet somebody at church than the other place. I think it's funny in counseling where I'm like, just—he was such a, where did you guys meet? Oh, we met at the bar. Okay, that's the greatest place to meet somebody. Maybe not even remember your name. But why don't you come? I think church is the best place to meet people. Come on, somebody. We're not perfect. We're just forgiven. I saw that on a bumper sticker but single people and the married people are going to laugh single people have this expectation I just need to get married if I'll just get married it's going to make my life great it's going to solve all my problems and all the married people said no some of the married people said I married a problem don't look look straight ahead everybody look straight ahead look straight ahead It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't what we thought, right? You married Prince Charming, and then on the honeymoon, you woke up, and he looked like Shrek. Come on, somebody. Come on, you got to love them like Jesus, how they are. But there's this expectation, and some of us have disappointments, watch, because we have misplaced our expectations right? And for some of us, their expectation was your career. Man, you did everything. Man, you're making the money. You've taken the vacations. But here's the thing. You still wonder why when you put your head on the pillow at night, you're still not satisfied. And you are disappointed on the inside because you thought your money, you thought your career, you thought your status, you thought your friends were going to satisfy your soul. Can I just help us today? That was only a place that reserved for the Savior, Jesus Christ. Your career was never meant to satisfy your soul. And the deep sense of disappointment that comes is because we've misplaced our expectations. We've misplaced, listen, I'm all about go to college. I'm all about have a career. Man, take the vacation. I love it. I hope you do. I hope you're blessed enough to do that. But here's what I know. I've talked to too many business owners whose businesses are thriving, but their personal lives are not. And they're using their business to fulfill something that's in their heart that only my church family, Jesus, can fulfill. And what happens is there's this deep sense of disappointment. Why? Because we have misplaced our expectations. Is this good this morning? See, listen, and here's the truth. And, and my heart goes out to you, and it goes out to us. It's happened to me. Because in truth, when you don't understand someone's expectation, you can't make sense of their disappointments. You can't make sense of the disappointments. But watch. Here are the ladies at the tomb. They're perplexed. They're thinking They feel maybe even betrayed, disappointed. But here's what I love. And maybe today there's a deep sense of disappointment. Here's what I want you to know based on this story. God doesn't want to leave you in your disappointment. God wants to supply a direction in your disappointment. I love that he just didn't leave the tomb empty for the girls to find nothing. You know what he did? He put two angels there, and the angels were going to speak God's word. As a matter of fact, the angels were going to speak direction into their disappointment. And that's what I'm hoping today, that today you will walk out of here with a sense of direction in your disappointment. Come on, somebody because that's really what we need. Because when you don't know where to turn because of disappointment, and I've been there, I've been so disappointed where I didn't know what to do. I felt like Rocky, man, when he was, when he was fighting. Uh, what was the big blonde guy? Marshall? Marshall? Or... Drago, Ivan Drago, the guy in Aquaman. Man, when he hit him, i 've been, been so disappointed at times where I feel like man i don 't know where that punch came from, but I felt like I 've been knocked out I, I know what i 'm talking about today, and i don 't know i didn 't know which way to turn, but here 's the great news, my church family God doesn 't want to leave us in our disappointment. He wants to give you a word today to help you. He supplies the angels to say some very profound things, and the truth is, right is that the angels start to speak what God tells them to speak. And here's what they say. Listen to how profound this is. Why do you look for the living among the dead? What? See, here's what happens. When we have misplaced expectations, we can start looking for life in things that can't really satisfy when we have misplaced expectations, we can start looking for things, right? And looking for life, a life that satisfies in this, that, you can name it. Some of you have tried it. I've tried different things. At age 19, I did everything my friends told me, everything the world has told me to do. And at 19 years old, I was on my knees and say, that's it. That's it. I'm going to take my life. God, if you're not real, I need a life that satisfies. And God spoke to me and he says, here, take your life. And I was like, what? What? He said, take your life, give it to me, and I'll give you back a life that you would never, ever could imagine. And my, Yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. And he did just that. And I'm gonna tell you, if you're looking for a life that satisfies in your career, you're looking for the living among the dead. If you're looking, listen, If you're looking for a life that satisfies in your spouse that you married, you're looking for the living among the dead. Can I tell you, as great as my wife is, and oh, she's an amazing wife, she is not my savior. She is a great wife. But you know what? What many people do in their marriages is they suck the life out of their partner. Because in truth, Jesus was meant to be your life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He was meant to be the life that satisfies. I think it's funny. So many people go to happy hour, and they're still not happy. (laughs) Can I invite you to a happy hour? Every Sunday at 10 a.m. here at Passion Life Church. And I'm going to tell you. You're really going to clap. It's free to get in. No cover charge. And all the drinks are free. And all you have to do is open up your heart. I've seen more people leave happier from church than leave from happy hour. And you know what that is? That's looking for life in dead things. But I love this. Watch this. Because here's the direction that the angels say, he's not here. He's risen. Come on, say that with me. Say he's risen. risen. I mean, we can't say, come on, say one more time. He's risen. risen. But watch this. Are you ready? This is what the angels say. They didn't just say that he's risen. I love this. They say this. He's risen like he said he would. Oh, like he said I love talking to my dad because my dad was a doctor in theology pastor. And he'd come up and he just has this revelation about the, the, the resurrection. And he would say, Phil, you know, you know how Jesus rose from the dead? Yeah, by the power. Yeah, no, 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 you, know how, you know how he did it? How did he do it, dad? He did it by the power of his words. What do you mean the power of his words? He said that he would do it. And because he said it, he did it. And he kept speaking it to people. They didn't understand, but he said on the third day, I'm going to rise again. I'm going to rise again. And so watch. The angel was reminding these ladies what Jesus had said. And that's what I came to do today. I came to remind us that are disappointed of what Jesus had said. Listen, I don't care what Fox News says. I don't care what CNN says. I don't care what this politician or that politician tweets. That is not what I care about. I care about what Jesus said. Because that is what's not going to return void in my life. And the angel came to remind them, he is risen like he said. You had an expectation that you were going to find a dead body. And you were perplexed. You were confused. As a matter of fact, you were confused because you had... Had a limited perspective. Listen, a limited perspective will always caused disappointment, and the reason why, catch this, the reason why they had a limited perspective, a low expectation is because they forgot what Jesus had said, and they followed him, they saw him die, but in the middle of expectation, they misplaced their expectation, and they ended up in disappointment, and I came to remind you today, even despite what you're telling yourself, I wanna remind you of the word of God that it is true and that he has risen like he said he would. Come on, give him a good round of applause. All right, now I want you to listen to this because this may blow your mind. I'm not trying to blow your mind. I'm not trying to get you to take an aspirin after you leave church. It's dangerous, it's so dangerous to have a low expectation of God. It's dangerous to have a low expectation of God because then you will live your life only at the level of your disappointment. It's, It's dangerous. Now watch this, are you ready? God is not obligated to fulfill my expectations. God is obligated to fulfill his word. I'm gonna say that again. God is not obligated to fulfill Phil Valdez's expectations. God is obligated to fulfill his word. I'm going to tell you why. I'm so thankful that there are times that God did not fulfill my expectations, and I'm going to tell you why. Because my expectations were way too low. I can tell you how many times, man, I was single for seven years, and I'm like, God, okay, it's seven years. People at my church were actually asking me, is there something wrong with you? You seem like a good guy. You're kind of good looking. Eh? Is there some, do you just not want to get married? That's the love tap. No. There was opportunities. But I felt like I'm a man of God. Man, I, I have a ministry. I can't just date Whoever. But you know what? There were people, oh, I, I, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord, Lord, you created that one. (laughs) Woo, Jesus, please let her, Jesus, Jesus. I fasted lunch, Jesus. (laughs) Please let her be the one. And you know, I asked God, is she the one? He said, nope. And you know, I was disappointed. But now that I'm married, listen, and I see the other side, I tell everybody this, if I would have known my marriage would be this good to the woman that God brought me, I would have never dated anybody else because God had an expectation that was beyond my expectation, but my expectations were so low. And I thank God that he didn't meet me at the point of my low expectations. And here's the thing. Are you ready? I want you to hear this. God, I have found he, that he will often He'll exceed my expectation even at the expense of my disappointment. Let me say that again. I have found that God will often exceed my expectation even at the expense of my disappointment. Let me bring it back to this story. Jesus could have been there just because he didn't want to disappoint the ladies. But you know what? There was a great purpose that Jesus had. His purpose was that he would rise again for all of mankind. And what I have found is I would rather be a little bit disappointment because God is working on exceeding my expectations than be, oh, this was great and him have met me at a low expectation. My church family, God knows exactly what you need and when you need it. And if we'll just trust in him and get our expectations, listen, not on all of these different things, but back to his word. I love this because the Bible says these women remembered. Oh, yes, that's true. He did say he was going to rise again, and it ended their confusion. I just want to say again, sometimes... Our disappointment can come from having a limited perspective. But can I tell you the perspective that I believe that Jesus wants us to have? He wants us to have a resurrection perspective. Come on, can you say that with me? Say a resurrection perspective. Let's say it again, a resurrection perspective. I called this an unexpected resurrection because there. are perspective and their expectations wasn't in a resurrection, it was in a dead Jesus. And I could preach that for a while, because there's a lot of people expect Jesus to still be dead. But can I tell you, he's not dead. We serve a God who is alive. Come on, somebody. Let's raise our expectation. And so I want to close today. How many of you ever believe a preacher when he says he's closing? Anybody? Anybody? I wanna to close today, what is a resurrection perspective? I just wanna give you three truths today. Are you feeling encouraged today? Yay. Awesome, like four of you, that's great, <laughs> so exciting. Let me give you three truths about the resurrection perspective. Number one, resurrection has a name and his name is Jesus. Jesus came to the tomb of his friend who had died, Lazarus, and he was crying. The Bible says that Jesus wept. I love that. In his humanness, he wept. And the people were crying, right? The sisters didn't anticipate that that Lazarus would die. And Jesus, if you read the Bible, he makes statements that are so profound, and watch this, that no one else could ever accomplish or Has ever even said. He walks up to the tomb and he looks at them and he says, This, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoo! You know what gets me excited? He didn't say, I was the resurrection. He says, I am the resurrection. In other words, that's always present. He's an always present resurrection God. That's why I think when we come and we limit resurrection to a day on the calendar, oh, it's resurrection Sunday. It's Easter Sunday. God didn't want us to limit resurrection in on, on a day. What he wanted to do is he gave resurrection a name and that name is Jesus Christ. Christ. And yeah, but before there's a resurrection, there has to be a death. There has to be a death. And can I just say for some of us who are, are really living for God, one of the things that we need to give death to is low expectations. And we need to start expecting God to be who he is in his word. But for many of you are, that have came today and you're like, man, I, I'm just not connected to God. I, I know I'm not. I know I need to be forgiven of my sins. I know I do. Listen, here's the thing, there had to be a death. Somebody's gotta pay for your sins. Somebody's got to, and here's the question. It's either gonna be you or it's gonna be Jesus. And Jesus stepped up, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And he says, I will pay the penalty for not only their past sins, their present sins, but all of their future sins. Pastor Phil, how could it be future sins? It could be future sins because Jesus died before you even committed a sin because you weren't even born yet. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And when he said it was finished, it was done even before you were born. So there was forgiveness offered before you even made that sin. And so when we mess up, here's what we do is we ask God to forgive us. But Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. Somebody say gift of God. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So sin's penalty was paid by Jesus Christ, by Jesus Christ. Listen, you can't pay enough for your own sins. You cannot pay enough for your own sins. I wanna tell you this story. We have life groups here at Passion Life Church because you know Sunday is pretty big and people come and we don't get, really get to connect and we, we love to connect, we like to do home groups and we have food and we talk and, and at one of our life groups I was talking to a man, and um, I was asking him how he was doing, and he said, I, "I feel sick, and I, you know, I just been really feeling sick." And I said, "Well, let's pray. The Bible says that by Jesus' stripes you are healed. You can be healed. Do you believe that?" "Oh yeah, I believe that." So we prayed, prayed over him, and then I saw him. Uh, the next week at Life Group, and I just followed up. Hey, how are you, how are you doing? How are you feeling? We prayed. What do you? What, oh, Pastor Phil, man, I am feeling better. About 90% better, though. I said, man, that's great. I'll take 90%. How about if God can heal you 90%, do you think that that 10% is going to be a big issue for God? And he said, no, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to pray for the little 10%. No, 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 no. Listen, I want you to hear this. This is what he said. God's not going to heal the 10%. I said, "What are you talking about, Willis?" <laughs> I used to watch Different Strokes growing up, and Arnold used to tell his brother Willis when he would say something. He said, "What are you talking about, Willis?" I said, "God's not going to heal your ten percent that needs." It. He said, "Listen, no, God's not going to heal me, cause God is going to use the ten percent to pay for the rest of my sins." I said you think 10% is good enough for your sins? A thousand million, trillion, billion percent isn't good enough for your sins. What requires a payment for sin is a whole life. And he looked at me and I said, I don't want to say his name, but I said, listen, listen, When Jesus said it was finished on the cross, the payment was made and no more payment was required. So you can stop beating up yourself and trying to pay the penalty for your own sin because it was already paid. Why are you going to pay for something that's already paid? And can I tell you today on this great Easter Sunday, your sins have been forgiven because of what Jesus did on that cross. Come on. Well, you don't, you don't know what I've done. I know, and I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't know what you did, but I know what he did. And watch this. And your sin isn't greater than what he did. Because if your sin and my sin is greater than what he did, we all have problems. But what he did is greater than what you've ever done, no matter how many times you've done it, and what you'll ever do in the future. When Jesus said it was finished, it is finished. The penalty of sin has been paid, and Jesus paid it with his life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For our sake he was made to be sin who knew no sin. Think about this. Jesus never knew what it was like to feel guilty. Jesus never knew what it was like to feel shame. Jesus never knew what it was like to ever sin. And the Bible doesn't say that he took on the sin. Listen, the Bible says that he became all of the sin that the world would, could ever commit would become him. That he would look up at his father and say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And my church family, let me just tell you, Jesus was forsaken so you and I could be for, uh, accepted by his father. Can I hear a better amen than that? Yeah, come on, give him a good round of applause. So I'm accepted because God rejected Jesus on the cross. But see, for some of us who prayed that prayer, we need to say death to low expectations. But resurrection has a name and his name is Jesus. And are you ready? The Bible says he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. So wherever you go, resurrection is with you. Man, that's a good word. Here's the second uh, truth about resurrection. Resurrection has a power. Listen, God's intention wasn't that we would just come celebrate. God's intention was that we would come and share in this resurrection power. Share in it because Jesus knew that we would need it. And let me tell you, resurrection power is better than monster drinks. It's better than Starbucks. It's better than anything that you can have. It's a true power. Listen, Romans chapter eight, verse 11 says this, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, everybody say that with me. Say dwells in you. Say dwells in me. Look at your neighbor and says it dwells in you. But if the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, watch this. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give your mortal bodies through his spirit and dwells in you. One translation says it will give life. It will quicken your mortal body. In other words, this resurrection power, when it quickens, that word quicken in the Greek means it produces life. It produces a life that satisfies. It's producing a life. It says cause to live. Alive. It says spiritual power power arise invigorate restore to life increase life this resurrection spirit is a get up life giving spirit and here's the great thing you have it inside of you resurrection is not just supposed to be a day on the calendar it's supposed to be a shared power that comes from the holy spirit that is with you wherever you go isn't that a good word today but here's the thing pastor phil how do i connect to that power Because there are some of you in this room, you would say, Pastor Phil, I'm a Christian. But you would honestly admit you're not connected. You're like the battery. You're like the cell phone. And you would sit here today and maybe there's a disappointment with God that you have misplaced. Because you thought that God just was going to do everything for you without you being connected to him. And he doesn't work that way. God wants all of us to be connected with him. And some of you may say, Pastor Phil, I I, I know that this power exists, but I'm just not experiencing it. Can I encourage you? You gotta connect to it. That's why expectations are, are, are so powerful. you got to get around people with like expectations. That You know, we live in, in an age where people are just like, ah, it doesn't matter if I go to church, you know, it's just kind of me and Jesus. No, it wasn't. When Jesus walked around the earth, he loved other people. He went to sinner's house. He went to the temple. Jesus was involved with people. It's not just about you and yourself. It's about getting around people of a like expectation. You know, the Bible says that when we gather together, God comes. Commands his blessing. In other words, when we gather together with a like expectation, God does something in this dynamic that you can't get by yourself. And listen, you can hang out with negative people and listen to their expectations, but here's what I have found expectations are contagious. I don't hang out with negative people because it's contagious. But when I get in this room with people with like minded faith, because really that's what faith is faith is an expectation and you connect to this resurrection power by believing that God is who he is and that there is power in you. Can you say this with me? Say, there is power. Can you? Okay, you can't say, like, there's power with a question mark. Come on, say, there's power. There's power. Say it with some expectation. There's power, there's power. in me. See, faith is an expectation that you know that even if the sequence of events of your life right, isn't making sense, it doesn't seem like things are going the way that I thought, right? That God who lives outside of time because of his eternal being knows that in the beginning, he knows the beginning from the end, I can trust him no matter what I see is going on in him and I can have faith in him. And here's The thing, I church family, we've got to put our expectation in him no matter what's going on. And can I tell you, you can trust God. You can trust God. And here's where we end today. Are you glad you came to church today? Here's the third truth about resurrection. Resurrection has a name and his name is? Jesus. Jesus. Resurrection has a power. But this is what I love. Resurrection has a purpose. Do you know how many people were crucified? Tons of people have been crucified. But only Jesus rose from the dead. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, he would not be God. But him raising from the dead shows us that he is God and that there's no other power above him. Death could not hold him. The grave could not hold him. And it shows us that he is God and there is no power greater. Another thing in the purpose of resurrection is to show you that God will keep his word at any cost. God is obligated to keep his word. He resurrected like he said. My church family, if he can beat death and that resurrection power is in you, that can cause you to ride, to beat disappointment, come on, to beat depression, to beat sickness, because that power is on the inside of you. And so he is faithful to his word. And I wanted to remind you today about his word, just like he said. Another purpose of the resurrection is to show you, and here's where we end. Jesus didn't just raise from the dead. So we can go, yeah, listen, he rose from the dead to show us that we can rise too. And I don't know what you're facing. I'm gonna call our worship team up. I don't know what you're facing. You may be down, but can I tell you, you're not out. And don't quit. And I wanna show you these next couple of weeks as we go into this overcomer series. You are an, overcoming, an overcomer. Well, I'm not overcoming anything. You can And we need to be shown how. But my church family, it's time for you to rise. It's time for you to get beyond disappointment. It's time for you to rise. There is nothing so powerful that God can't work on in your life today. I'm gonna ask every single one of you, if you would, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? See, the purpose of resurrection is also shows us the extent of God's desire to have a relationship with you and I. You know, this is a very personal moment and that's why I ask everybody to just close their eyes for just a moment. And as I talk, I want to say two prayers today. I want to ask you today, how's your relationship with God? Are you connected? Are you connected to him? Have you ever in faith said a prayer, and invited Jesus to to come inside your heart. You know, when my dad passed two weeks ago, he was ready. He said, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to meet Jesus. And I thought, wow, what confidence. Would you be able to have that same confidence to say that you are ready to step into eternity? Well, let me just tell you, you can be because Jesus has already forgiven you of all your sins. The Bible says we are, faith, we are saved by grace. In other words, God gives us his grace. We didn't deserve it, but he gave it to us. It's nothing you could earn, it's not by your works, it's by faith, and today if you can believe, if you can not have a misplaced expectation, but actually direct your expectation to the cross, and say, you know what, God, if you said that I'm forgiven, just like you said you rose again, you know what, God, I am forgiven. And here's what we do. Today, I'd like to say a prayer. And if you've never asked Jesus to come inside your heart, he wants to share this resurrection power with you. He wants you to be a child of God, a son and daughter of God. He'll come in your heart. He'll forgive you of all your sins. And he'll empower you to live this Christian life. There's so many people that are even living the Christian life and they don't realize that God's empowered them to do it. Pastor Phil, you don't understand. I have have addictions. I have things. That's okay. Listen, there's a resurrection power that comes that'll help you with that. You've already tried. That's a misplaced expectation that you can come and overcome this yourself. You can't. You need resurrection power. Today you are gonna experience an unexpected resurrection. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to say a prayer. And if that's you and you say, wow, I, 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 I need Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer. As a matter of fact, let's all pray. I want you to all repeat after me, and I want you to say it with some expectation. Repeat after me. Would you say this? Say, Father God. Father God. Come on, would you say it loud? Father God, Father God. forgive me of all of my sins. Today, I repent. I changed my mind. I want to turn away from sin. Jesus, come inside my heart. Make me new. Today, I receive resurrection power on the inside of me, power to overcome any circumstance any sickness, in Jesus' name. And today, God, I want you to say these words. Say, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. Every head bowed and every close closed for just a moment. There are some of you in this room, You've asked Jesus to come inside your heart, but now it's time to get reconnected. It's time to get back into serving God and doing what he's called you to do. And it's just a connection by faith. Man, you got to jump in. you got to start coming back to church. Pastor Phil, I've been disappointed in the church. I know. Man, church people, you're one of them. We're all of them. Church people are imperfect people all coming together, trying to live for God, trying to do what God's called us to do. But can I just tell you again, that's a misplaced expectation. If you think that church people are going to be perfect people, they're just not. I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I'm not a perfect person. I'm doing my best to live for God. Maybe you've been disappointed with church, but can I just tell you, God wants to help you and get reconnected. Don't let that be the reason why you're not getting reconnected. Let me just say this closing prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I just thank you for your people. Lord, I sense your Holy Spirit, that resurrection power, empowering your people today, empowering your people today to live the life, to share in this resurrection. Lord, not just to celebrate a resurrection, but to rise Again, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.